welcome to the Locking Castle Church podcast. This Sunday morning teaching was given as part of the Spirit-Led Summer series. Hi everyone. Oh, that was loud. Sorry. I've got a big mouth. Um, I'm Kat. For everyone who doesn't know me, I am a member of the church here. I lead a life group. Yay for life groups. They're small groups of the community that meet together through the week. Um, and I'm here to speak to you this morning and I, you might think that the reading that we've done today just seems a little out of place in a day of such celebration, and for that I am sorry. Um, but I, I, you know, we're going through a series where, where, as people who can preach in the church, get the chance to talk about things they think that God's told them to share with the rest of the church. And, um, and this came to me quite a while ago before I realized there was a christening on. And, and when I heard there was a christening, I thought... I should change this, but God just kept telling me about this message and the fact that I believe it's a message that a lot of people might need to hear and actually speaks of the reality of life um, in, in quite a, a way that can hopefully, I don't know, maybe hopefully something <laughs> will come out of all this and you might feel something or a sense of God through what I'm going to say. Um, I'm going to talk about disappointment and grief. Um, they're things that we all have to navigate, um, and, but the reality is that within these kind of, this space, light always wins over the darkness, or at least that's what I believe. So I'm praying that that will be true of what I've got to say today, and um, thank you for letting me share it. I wonder if this experience is familiar to you. You're scrolling through a social media platform and everyone's lives just look so amazing. You notice that everyone around you seems to have the thing that you want the most, or the thing that you had, but you no longer have, or the thing that you never had. Your life just hasn't worked out the way that you wanted it to, and around you, everyone seems to be living out their dreams. Your dreams, your dreams. (laughs) Or you've come to church, The worship starts and everyone around you starts praising God. They're singing about his goodness and your heart drops. Whilst everyone around is able to praise God with all they have, you just can't do it. No matter how hard you try, it's like there's a block between you and God and the spirits. You know deep down the amazing character of God. But this week, This month, this year, it doesn't sit with the feelings in your heart. The circumstances of your situation seem unfair, and it seems like God is not in them. Or if he is, how can he be good? At some stage in our lives, we will all hit a point of disappointment or grief. You'll wake up one day and your life doesn't look how you imagined. The reality is that our human lives are finite, and they are more of a roller coaster than a nice, straight, smooth road. Like it says in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 2, there is a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. Now, if you're lucky and everything is going well in your life, the reality is that the world is still a broken place. It is not how God intended it to be, and sometimes we can look at it and despair. With war in Ukraine, the never-ending effects of COVID, and the cost-of-living crisis, it's easy to ask, where is God? 
So how do we deal with this? How do we process the things that are happening to us and the world? How do we get to the other side of disappointment and grief? And how do we get back to that place where our hearts are fully aligned with the words that we sing collectively in worship? I don't think that the wider church has been so strong in showing us how to deal with this stuff. We are great at coming alongside to pray and provide practical support during the storm. But that is impossible to keep up in the long term. And disappointment and grief do not end when the storm passes. The gray crowds can stay a long time and that can be a lonely place. And while we obviously need the immediate support, much of that isn't able to soothe the pain and the injustice we feel in our hearts. It's only God who can do that. For a while now, God's been talking to me about this. It's intensely personal for me. If I'm honest, my life looks extremely different to the one that Andy and I planned. I've had years of figuring out why the life that I thought looked so promising wasn't God's plan. The Bible is clear again in its answer to this. In Proverbs 16, verse 9, it says, A man's heart plans his course, but the Lord determines the steps. Our plan is not always God's plan. When the steps that the Lord have determined don't match up to our own, it can be extremely painful. So in the Bible, there are several examples of God's people, even Jesus himself, who go through seasons of grief and disappointment. In 2 Samuel chapter 1, David experienced grief after he hears about the death of Saul and Jonathan in a battle. In verses 11 and 12, it says, Then David and all the men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and for Jonathan, his son, and for the army of the Lord and for the nation of Israel. And then later, in verses 17 and 18, it says, David took up this lament concerning Saul and his son Jonathan, and he ordered the people of Judah to be taught this lament of the, of the bull. And then the rest of the chapter are the words of David's song of lament. Saul had been coming after David for some time, threatened that David would take his place as king, David had every reason to be relieved that Saul would no longer be chasing him. But instead, he is devastated. Saul was God's anointed king. He had spent much of his life serving him. He was close to his son, Jonathan. Then being killed was the last thing that he wanted. And so what did he do? Oh, you're so lush. Uh, <laughs> and so what did he do? He tore his clothes and sang a song of lament. Mark Vorigop, an American pastor, and who I have used a lot to kind of help me pull my thoughts together around this, he describes lament as a song of sorrow. It's a form of prayer. He says, more than just the expression of sorrow or the venting of emotion, lament talks to God about pain. And it, is a unique, it has a unique purpose, trust. It is a divinely given invitation to pour out our fears, frustrations, and sorrows for the purpose of helping us to renew our confidence in God. Lament is the language 
for living between the poles of a hard life and trusting in God's sovereignty. Lament prayers take faith. And it's not just David in the Bible who uses lament. Many of the Psalms, like the one that we heard earlier, are also Psalms of lament, full of the writer's disappointment and pain. There are some that are deeply personal and others that bring together the community in their grief. The whole of the book of Lamentations is a song of lament. We see the writer facing the destruction of Jerusalem. Everything had been destroyed. All the Israelites had been exiled and they lament over the city and the land that God gave them. Jesus, right before he was taken away to be tried and crucified, spent time lamenting in the garden of Gethsemane. In Mark 14, verse 34, he tells the disciples that are with him, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And later in verse 36, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Even when he was hanging on the cross, he cried out in lament, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which is a direct quote from Psalm 22, verse 1, a psalm of lament. Lament is the tool God gives us to deal with unthinkable times. Lament prayers are honest about the pain we feel and give us a language to use for our loss. Borogop, who I mentioned earlier, says that most laments have four main elements. The first is turning to or acknowledging of God. In Psalm 32, which was actually written by David, it starts with, How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Notice that David doesn't doubt that God will listen to him. He comes before God and he's honest about how he feels. We start our lament by choosing to talk to God about where we are at even if that's telling him that we feel forgotten or ignored. The second element is to bring our complaint to God. Psalm 13 continues, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Within this part of the prayer, we have complete permission to tell God how it is to share the hardship and frustration we're facing and cry out at all the injustice. And we don't need to hold back. God can take it. The third element is to ask about the things we need from God. Our opportunity to show God the things that we feel are unfair and question what is happening. To petition him to give us the understanding we need. Psalm 13 goes on. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death, and my enemy will say I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. David clearly sees that without God intervening, his situation will go from bad to worse. It shows that even when things seem really dark to him, he still sees God as his deliverer and his salvation. By giving these requests to God, it shows that we can still have faith. It enables us to move from despair to a focus on who God is and his character. It renews our trust in him. Psalm 13 finishes with David saying, But I trust in your unfailing love. 
My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. And with that, the final element is the reminder of God's trustworthiness, a chance for us every day to choose him in our suffering. My life is tough, but. This situation is painful, but. This isn't what I wanted, but. I don't know how to stop this, but. I'm struggling to know how life can feel good again, but. It's the but that's important. There will come a time in your situation when you suddenly feel able to believe in the but. And when that happens, these lament prayers can help you move closer to God again, to choose to focus on him more than the pain. My life is tough, but I trust you. This situation is painful, but I am your child. This isn't what I wanted, but I choose to rejoice in your salvation. I don't know how to stop this, but I know you love me. I'm struggling to know how life can feel good again, but you have been good to me in the past. Choosing to lament is daring to hope in God when everything is falling away. It moves us away from hopelessness into a place of faithfulness, not in our situation, but in who God is. It's having confidence in his character. It's running towards God rather than running away. And it's in these songs of lament that we ultimately find hope. In Lamentations 3, verses 21 to 24, it says, I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The lament prayer reminds us of the promise that God's love is always available to you. He has always been faithful, and through his son, Jesus, he made a way for us never to be separated from his love. As Andy spoke earlier in Romans 8.31, we're reminded that if God is for us, who can be against us? And later on, and I'm going to read it again because I just think it's so important. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered to be sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hear the truth of this. Whatever your disappointment, no matter the things that haven't gone the way that you thought they would, even in the things that cause you to grieve, None of these can take you away from the fact that God will surround you 
complete you with his love. You know, even in the depths of despair, that he is there. Many years ago, reflecting on a time when I probably felt my lowest, I wrote this to a friend, and they are words that I regularly come back to. There have been many times in the last few years where I have chosen to stay in the dark. I find a comfort there I never thought possible. When I couldn't bring myself to stand in the light or even be close to it, somehow I realized that God was there with me too, that he was okay with me hiding there for a while because he knew that my foundations in him were strong and he knew, and he, knew he had surrounded me with people who were willing to stand in the light for me. And that eventually I would come closer and move towards the light, even stand in it again when I thought I wouldn't be able to. If that's you right now, if you can't bring yourself to be close to the light and you are just not ready to move from that dark place, that's okay. God is still with you in that place. He knows the darkness well and he isn't afraid of it. He longs to comfort you and to give you his peace. Jesus in John 14 verse 27 promised that peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. His peace is available to you, so please don't go through this alone. Please reach out to people that you trust, for them to be the people who stand in the light for you and who will ask for God's peace to become apparent in your life. But if you feel like the time is now, that a small part of your heart can bear to hope again, then why not try writing your lament prayer to God? Or if that's too scary, why don't you read some of the Psalms of Lament as your prayer? I've found much comfort in them over the last few weeks as I've been preparing this, and I wish that all those years ago, I had found this tool which God had given us. And as a community, where we despair at the world, let's focus on God's faithfulness. Let's remember his promises. Let us trust in his unfailing love, rejoice in his salvation, and sing the Lord's praise. Because even when we can't see it right now, God is good all the time. Amen. Thank you for listening. To find out more about Locking Castle Church, please visit our website at lockingcastlechurch.org.